Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad that you've joined us for our ongoing discussion of Acts 27. Edwin, what is our text for today? We are smack in the middle of this chapter, Andrew. Acts 27. I'm in the middle read. of the storm, Edwin. In the middle of the storm. In the eye of the storm? No, I think it's a little bit peaceful there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think these guys are getting any peace right now. No, verses 27 through 32 of Acts 27, English Standard Version. When the 14th night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land, so they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on, they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. Action. I tell you what, uh, you, you see these men are again trying everything they can just to make it through a night. I'm just gripped by that. Uh, how, how it said uh, they're just, just praying for day to come. Just praying for day to come. And it sounds like you got a few people that thought, eh, it might be time to jump this ship. Time to get out of Dodge. Every man for himself. Well, think about this. We skipped the paragraph. We didn't read it yesterday or today. But Paul has just revealed to everyone, hey, my God has said, we're all going to live. We're all going to live. And so now these sailors, I get it. I get it. Hey, if his God's really going to be true, we're going to live anyway. But it's time for us to get out of this. We're going we're gonna to get ourselves saved now. So wait a second. You're saying that God had revealed to Paul a way by which they all could be saved? Well, he had revealed to them that they would all be saved. Back up in verses 21 through 26. Let's see. I'm going to, mm, verse 24. He says that the angel had come to him. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. So he has told them, we're going to be saved, but this has to happen. We have Mm -hmm. to run aground Mm -hmm. on the island. These guys are trying to get out of the run aground part. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They are having a hard time understanding how if the ship runs aground, they're going to be saved. Mm Mm-hmm. So they try to get on the escape boats, the safety boat, whatever you call those, yeah. and get out. And they say, hey, hey, hey. In fact, they, they must know they must know that we're not supposed to do this because they're lying about what they're doing. Okay, yeah. It said they, it was for a pretense. A pretense, yes. We're, we're just we're going to drop anchors. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Paul's like, mm, no, yeah. no. Why, why do you have all your luggage with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right back. I'm going to be right back. <laughs> why did you bring your locker? <laughs> so he says to the captain, he says to the soldiers, he says to the centurion, I mean, and to the soldiers, hey, these guys got to stay. If these guys leave, you can't be saved. Here's here's the thing that just really comes out of this. It's mm-hmm. very plain. It's very certain. God has already given the message, you are going to be saved. And now what we've learned is, but look, if you don't obey God, you can't be saved. Wow. I, I see where that uh, comes into play so much in this Christian message. And the idea is not if they stayed on the ship, they would somehow earn their salvation. When they were saved, they were saved by the grace of God. 
Mm-hmm. When they were saved, they were not saved by their own effort. In fact, that's the problem here. They are trying to be saved by their own effort well, right now. Well, that's what I was going to say. So we've got Paul on the boat saying, if you stay in the boat, an angel told me we'll be saved. We do have to run aground. These other fellows are like, okay, stay in the boat. This boat's going to sink. I'm going to save myself. I know another way. Let me go my way. I'm going to go my way. I'm going to do it with my strength. I can get in this. And we, if we're and if we're this close, if we're this close to running aground, we can get off the ship. And in the smaller ship, we can navigate this better and probably right. make it to land uh, a whole lot e- more easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the principle no. is still there. God has said, "I'm going to save you." And I, I think that's the thing. That's where I'm wanting to draw the parallel. God has already promised the salvation. It is not, you know, they don't try this and then Paul says, hey, let me tell you what's really going to happen. God has already promised the salvation. Paul has communicated the salvation. And now he's basically saying, but if you don't obey God, you won't get this thing that has already been promised. Or to state it positively, you must obey God. And the challenge then, the challenge then is to obey God. To obey God even means staying in the storm a little bit longer. Right? That's a hard thing to obey God when, when my will and my uh, sense is I should be doing something else, doing something different. Uh, obedience is difficult. And yet we are called to obey. The Christians are called to obey. It's what our Lord did. I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8 where it talks about Jesus. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered uh, in a way these on the ship that Paul's dealing with are going to have to suffer longer in the storm, right? Uh, but there is there is a salvation promised. And yet Hebrews 5 verse 9 goes on to say, And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. We see then that it's the Lord's will to save all that have sinned and gone astray. Jesus died and shed his blood to redeem all those who have gone astray. And yet not all will be saved in Christ. It is important to obey. Let's go back to the garden. Okay. In the garden, here's Adam, here's Eve. There's the tree of life. Mm-hmm. There's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. God says they can eat from every tree of the garden mm-hmm. except one. That's right. So they, they've got access to the tree of life. In fact, I think, I, I could be completely wrong about this, but I know for the longest time in my perspective, there was the tree of life and they weren't eating from it. And so after they eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God's like, hey, we got to get them away from that. Hmm. As if once you have eaten from the tree of life one time, now you have eternal life. I think probably the better picture is, is that here's this tree that they were able to have communion with. And as they continued to eat from it, the blessing is life. And so I think they probably did eat from the tree of life. Hmm. Once they had eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God separated them from that. They no longer received that ongoing blessing of life. They no longer had the fellowship with the tree. They no longer had the fellowship with God. But uh, God has said to them, stay away from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Very interestingly, the, that phrase, knowledge of good and evil, the knowledge, the, this is used throughout Scripture to refer to just straight-up maturity. Okay. I, I have no doubt God had a plan for Adam and Eve to mature. Okay. They were going to become mature. They were going to have wisdom. What the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represented is them deciding to go their own way. Yeah. I'm going to reach out for myself and take this rather than trusting the Lord 
rather than just accepting his way, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to take this for myself. That's what Eve did. She led her husband, Adam, into doing it as well. They reached out and they took it for themselves. I'm going to go my own way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think about Abraham. God is making this covenant with Abraham. And what's one of his big struggles? He and Sarah, despite all the faith they did have, they reached this place where it doesn't seem to be working quite right. It's not going on our timetable. What we will do is we will reach out and we will take this Mm -hmm. for ourselves. And we're... And really, in the context of Genesis, it's about them looking to Egypt because Hagar is from Egypt. But, boy, that's going to get us into whole other really cool discussions. But it's not what we're going to discuss today. But it's the idea of they're going to take for themselves. They're going to go their own way in order to accomplish this. We see this happening again and again and again and again. So it should not surprise us that with our little illustration that we're making as a parallel, that this is just the way it works. God says, here is life. Okay. Here's, I'm giving you life. I'm promising you life. Mm-hmm. But if you don't obey me, you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that if they, if Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree of life continually and stayed away from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that they would have earned the life. Right. That they would have worked it out for themselves. It wouldn't have been that at all. What it would be is this is God's promise. This is where it works. It would have still been by God's grace. And what we're seeing here in this shipwreck situation with the Apostle Paul is that it is God's grace. His gift is their lives. Uh, They're not going to survive this storm apart from his grace and his mercy. And so they're making a life choice right now. Will I trust God and obey him uh, or or will I not take matters into my own hand? And Paul assures him this this is the path to loss. You take matters into your own hands, and the same thing will happen to you that's happened to everyone who has taken matters into their own hands. You will die. You will drown. You will not survive. You will not be saved. Uh, Just a couple weeks ago, um, as I did a lesson, I was thinking about or I was preaching about an event in the book of Jeremiah after Babylon is uh, – has conquered Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and Gedaliah has set up as governor over Jerusalem and Judea, but then he gets assassinated. There's a group of people that comes to Jeremiah, and they say to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, please, please appeal to the Lord. What should we do next? Whatever, whatever he says, whether it's good or it's bad, we will do it. Just please go appeal to the Lord and find out what we're supposed to do next. Right. Jeremiah goes and appeals to the Lord. He appeals to the Lord for 10 days. Finally, after 10 days, God reveals to Jeremiah, here's what you need to do. You guys stay in Judea, stay in Jerusalem. Don't worry. Nebuchadnezzar's not going to bother you. I'll protect you from Nebuchadnezzar. Everything's going to be great if you just stay here. And so Jeremiah brings that message to these people, and they look at Jeremiah and say, you liar. You're a liar. Uh, this you're 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 just yeah. you're Baruch's man. You're just trying to get us to sell us into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to go to Egypt. In fact, what we're going to do is we're going to take you captive and take you and Baruch to to uh, uh, Egypt as well. What are we going to do? I'm going to do it my own way. They get to Egypt. Of course, God judges Egypt. God judges them while they're in Egypt. Again, it's not. Hey, save yourself. It's not. Work for your salvation. Earn your salvation. It is, I'm saving you. Mm-hmm. I promise I'm saving you. Mm-hmm. But if you decide to disregard my word and my will, you won't be saved. Because no. the means by which I save you is by revealing the path to salvation. And if you disregard that, you don't get it. 
The, the one way. The yeah. way, the truth, the life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like saying, look, I am going to get you to Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you to Albuquerque. How are you going to get me there? Here's the map. Mm-hmm. Now, look, if you decide not to follow this map, you're not going to get to Albuquerque. Yeah. But you said you were going to get me to Albuquerque. I know. And here you go. Here's the map. Mm-hmm. Follow this map. You'll get to Albuquerque. If you don't, you won't follow it. And that's that. Or you won't get it. Yeah, you won't, won't receive it. Yeah. And that's that's this same kind of message. Here is life. I'm showing you the direction to life. If you decide not to follow my directions to life, guess what you don't get? Yeah. You don't get life. You don't get life. I mean, that goes back to the Sermon on the Mount and the teachings of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14, he talks to him about searching for the narrow gate. Narrow way. Yeah. And then, yeah, it takes you on the narrow way, which is more difficult. But where do you want to go? Where do you want to end up? you want to end up in life or do you want to end up in destruction? Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, there are few who find it. If we're going to choose this narrow gate and walk this narrow way, it is the path of obedience. But that's the way to life. Absolutely. Life with God. Well, we appreciate so much you tuning into the podcast today. We call this text talk, and some days we're just right into a verse or two, and we're all about parsing it out. And other days we'll take you from Acts to Jeremiah to Genesis and back again. Sermon on the Mount, because, buddy, we're about the Word of God in this place. And we're so glad that you've tuned in. We'd love to know what you're reading in the Scriptures. If you would send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We're going to finish with a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the day that you've given us, the time to open up your word to study it. We are humbled, Father, as we look at the trials and the difficulties, the hardship that Paul and his companions, all of those on this journey were facing with the prolonged storms. And Father, it causes us to pause and take stock of the difficulties in our lives. And I pray, God, that we might have the courage and the conviction to continue on in faith and obedience. Trusting, Father, that as we obey your word, you bring us on the path to the place where you would bless us forever. That is life, eternal life in heaven through Christ. We pray, God, we might walk with you on that path this day in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.